here we go. Welcome to the pod. What's up, everybody? Happy Labor Day. This is the quad with Chris Young. As always, I'm Chris. We got Ryan from Miami. About to embark on year two. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Producer Josh. I, uh, we, we're going to have to go back to not starting with him, aren't yeah, we? Yeah. Yes, we are. We're definitely going to have season. to. And Haley the Bear. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> so uh, we got two of you guys in Florida this week. Haley and Ryan are both out of town. Just want to shoot a huge happy Labor Day to everybody. Sorry we weren't with you last week. Um, we've all had a lot going on, been all over the country. And uh, yes, if you can hear a little bit of crispiness in my voice, it is because my voice is very, very tired. And uh, just had an amazing weekend. Couldn't be more happy about it, but uh, forgive me a little bit on this. <laughs> it's all good, man. We'll, we'll carry you to the finish line. It'll be all, Thank it'll you. Be all good. Thank you. That's all I needed. You're forgiven for now. Just for now, though. <laughs> Just for now. How how does one voice feel or sound crispy? When I think of crispy, I think of, like, chicken. So, uh, what you can hear in my voice where it doesn't sound completely pure. Mm. Like, if I go Is to talk like this. Is this a musical like term? Uh, no, not necessarily. Okay. But when I, when I talk like that and you hear a little bit of rattle, a little bit of rasp on the back end of my vocal, um, think about when you're making food and you're cooking something to be crispy, you have a little bit of that, like that little, that's what that is on the back end of my voice when it gets tired. So I've got about three or four days off and I'm going to take full advantage of them. It's uh, you know, if you look at the vocal cords, it's a muscle situation and there's debris and tiredness. And it, yeah. it, when you sing for, you know, two hours, three hours a night, plus sound checks, plus, talking to people i mean it'll it'll take its toll for sure honestly you know the the one thing that's really funny is uh let, let's go to music music first off before we get into this i just want to send a shout out to uh everybody that works with me it is labor day and um i can't do my job without each and every one of those people that help me put that show together put it up tear it down put it on and uh, so, so grateful for everybody that I work alongside. Um, also, very, very thankful for you guys being able to do this podcast. And uh, it would not be possible without any single one of you. So, uh, happy Labor Day, guys. Laboring on Labor Day. Let's go. Um, the one thing I wanted to say, and uh, since you asked, Ryan... I'm going to kind of go into it a little bit. One, it always cracks me up. Anytime somebody has like a very, they're like, man, my voice is really tired. I, for me personally, it's change of seasons. Oh yeah. And as we start going through it, I, I like allergies kick in and stuff. And, um, which is why you hear this is sorry, grossness warning coming in three, two, one, uh, a lot of mucus in the back of my vocal cords. Um, ew, ew, ew. gross. Well, and also, but, also the travel between like you're yeah, in Ohio yeah, yeah, yeah. and then Kentucky and then home. It's like that's a lot of different stuff. But 
but um, not the most difficult thing in the world to deal with. Let's, uh, let's in the not, grand scheme. Let's not, yeah. yeah, in the grand scheme of things, let's not act like that's anywhere near as hard as the things we're celebrating Labor Day for. I have dug post holes before um, without the little auger machine that a lot of people use now. Um, was that was that your like not worst, but was that the most taxing like jo- non music job that you had? Um, no, I mean working with my dad, uh, he does and still does. Doctors, Lovelers, Seals um, has does ca- has done cabinetry in his past. Construction guy, right? Yeah. Um, working with him was taxing. Um, a guy that I kind of look up to is my second dad, James Sparks, um, who I did HVAC with for a long time. That was not fun because it's like, hey, when does your AC go out and you really need it? Oh, it's in the summer. Oh, it's 110 where you're at. Cool. Where do they put most AC units on small houses? Sometimes in the attic. Yep. Yeah. Heat rises. Yeah. So when you turn all of the AC off in a house... And it's already as hot as it could possibly be. And you're in an enclosed space. Not a whole lot of fun. Um, Not great. But uh, you know what? I I always say that. That's why I'm so grateful for my job. So a huge thank you to anyone listening to this that allows me to play music and do a podcast with my friends. And y'all are the reason I get to do this cool stuff. So um, it's always funny to me. And you, I, I know you'll agree with me, Josh. The minute someone hears you say, uh, I'm a little sick or I'm a little tired, um, they immediately go to, have you drank hot tea? <laughs> they go down the list. Like, like I've never heard of this before. Honey? You're like, oh, what <laughs> is this that remedy? Up the other night. <laughs> you brought that Dude. up the other day because yeah. I looked at you and I was like, have you had some hot tea No, honey? no. <laughs> it's like, I've never heard of hot tea with honey. What? What is what? this? What is this delicacy I, from the Far I, East? I, I, I promise. Every musician, vocalist, anyone that's been doing this for a while knows all the tricks. Like we we know you don't drink dairy. You I I, I know. Lay's Lay's potato, Tr- the yellow the yellow me. bag will give you enough grease to get through a gig. Like we yeah. know all the tricks. We've heard we've Oh no, 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 no. I, I don't though. So I want to hear more about this because I can imagine that Mama B is a big believer in some tea and honey. Right. So I need Time to know out. what Time is out. what Time is it, it's it's a big long list of stuff that people are like, make sure you stay hydrated. Um, drink hot tea with honey, uh, local honey, if you can find it, if you've got allergies, um, make sure you add a little bit of lemon. It'll cut some of that mucus out of your voice. Make sure you do this. Make sure you do that. Make sure you rest. Long. It's like, I know maybe you need some orange juice. Maybe you're low on vitamin D and C it's like, no. okay. All right. We got it. No. Just that's, stick with the whiskey. Just... <laughs> <laughs> it also works. Uh, surprisingly <laughs> for the short term. Look at you, hot toddies. Oh, man. (laughs) Anyway. I was going to ask you about this whole Lay's potato chips thing because that that got me hooked. I was kind of intrigued about that. So, and I don't, you might know the guy's name. This was just told to me as a story, but there is a guy in town that is is well known for singing background vocals and he'll sing super high harmonies. I know who it is. Yeah. Super high harmonies all day, eight hours a day, every day. If I say the name, will you know it? I think so. Is it Russell Terrell? Yes. That's who it was. Um, and one of his tricks was he would bring a giant bag of the yellow original Lay's potato chips, not the ruffles, not anything. It's just the original yellow bag. And he'd grab like a handful and eat it. And that grease would coat his throat enough to sing perfectly. 
for that session. And then he would grab his bag and go to his next session and do it again. And he would do this every single day. And it actually does work. It legitimately works. Let me, let me put it this way. Um, my voice was tired enough and this doesn't happen very often that I got a shot in my butt. (laughs) And also some steroids. I got No, yeah, no, I got I got a steroid shot in uh, and it's really more your hip, but they call it your butt because it's like the top of, of, uh, like kind of right where you wear your pants, which is awful because then if you have to immediately walk on stage, it's just painful. Like right where like the wireless pack is and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, and, and you're not supposed to do that very, very often, but to get through like a rough weekend, you can. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- this is just one of those things that happens. Have you tried tea with honey though? Oh God. <laughs> I'd imagine a nice little shot in the butt, a little I, shot in the butt and some tea and honey. All I, all I need is, is you guys both being in Florida and just seeing me and Josh come to blows. Like there's <laughs> nothing you can do to stop it. <laughs> I, that would really, Oh, um, <laughs> So, okay, so uh, let's, yeah, let's talk about this. this. I know we're in the music segment, but Haley still doesn't know how to use Zoom after the past two years. <laughs> I don't really use it much, but I'm not, I have an alarm every day at the same time and it just went off and I realized that it's a different time zone now. So anyways, go You're on. Safe. You're safe. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but it really, I, I've had some incredible shows. Evidently, your mom was at the Toledo show this past shout, weekend. Shout out to Connie. Yeah, yeah. She, she was up there for the Solheim Cup. She's a big golf fan. So, Oh, I, well, I mean, that's the same people that, that run that tournament, I believe. Yeah, yeah. That put on the, the put show. Put on the show, yep. Um, so, so cool. I uh, also played a show in Paducah, Kentucky that was amazing. Um, it was really awesome because, actually, the Toledo show uh, – there was a lady with a sign who's been to my shows before who is now cancer free. And it's just like there was a kid that got on stage in Kentucky and it was his birthday. And so we had the crowd sing happy birthday to him. And like, even outside of the normal music stuff, like that's really cool being able to do stuff like that and see it sort of like unfold in real time. Right. This is someone that's held up a sign that they were going through stuff before. And now she's showing like you've seen her before, you know? Like, that's the cool stuff. Yeah, but it, it was just amazing. Um, also, I I just have to say, the album Famous Friends is out. Make sure you go get it if you don't have it already. <laughs> Stream it uh, top to bottom. Make sure you yeah. don't miss the very last song on the record. It's a, it's a really mm-hmm. great one. Mm-hmm. Oh, why do you like that one? Uh, it's well-written, uh, well-produced. <laughs> Singer sounds great. It's a great song. Um seriously had way too much fun playing some of this stuff on the road after you guys finally get to hear it um how cool was the moment that kane surprised you too because that was that was pretty uh, oh man moment there. i'm glad you said something uh, i forgot it's been two weeks since we've been <laughs> we've been on it's the first break we've taken since we started this thing yeah um amazing i had no idea he was coming out they they really and truly did surprise me I I had a couple comments, you know, there's always like a couple people that just are disappointed with their lives and feel the need to get on the internet and criticize something. They're like fake. And I'm like, um, no, had no idea he was there. Nope. No idea. But evidently his, his in-laws live around that area. 
So uh, he was hanging out with them and his wife and uh, decided to pop up on stage and sing. And I had that moment of panic where, I, you know, when we do the show with the video wall, now we've got a bit where Kane's on there. And I had that moment of just like, oh, hell, someone left the, like the, the audio on. Right. And then I turned around and saw him. I was like, it was pretty cool. Well, and also probably like, you know, everyone starts cheering halfway through verse two or like at the beginning of verse two. And you're like, right, this is a weird point to start. It's like, man, y'all are really excited about the second verse. Dang. Shout out to Kane, by the way, for a a great guest picker appearance on college game day as well. So pretty, pretty big couple of two weeks for, for KB. Uh, Yeah. Also, I did a, a quick hit with our buddy, Jason Fitz from ESPN who uh, he and his co-host both said um, that Texas was going to lose, and uh, they did not. We'll get to that shortly. But um, let's do a quick round, and Haley, we'll start with you. What are you listening to? Maybe we won't start with you. Uh, do, do you have something you want to say? Because we button. can't hear you. I'm, I'm so oh, enjoying this so much. This is so good. I it, it's I have messed up headphones, so they like unless it's turned a specific way, you can't hear me. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Well, I've had a lot of time to drive this uh, last two weeks, so I've listened to a lot of music. And I've brought him up recently on another song, so I also hope I'm pronouncing his name right, but. Ali Gady, it might be Ollie. I'm not sure, but uh, the song used to you. It's a good song, slower song, but I really like it. All right, uh, Rye, what you got? So this will be a shameless plug, but I, I could care less because it's the song right above the final song on Famous Friends in the album. Uh, I actually, I, I do this with albums. Like I'll listen to certain songs and then they'll just, they'll hit home with me at certain points. Best seat in the house. I'm, I'm really digging that, uh, that tune at this point. So that's what I'm listening to this week. Best seat in the house. Thank you, buddy. Um, by the way, that's, I wrote that with Sarah Buxton and uh, that's her singing the female harms on that song. And I love her voice. She's nice. a monster. Yeah. What do you got, Josh? I somehow slept on this song for a long time and then sort of discovered it because I was at a bar and it was playing. Um, but Freedom Was a Highway by Jimmy Allen and Brad Paisley is yeah. so good. That song is so good. Jimmy. Friends of the pod. Yeah. I mean, I can't leave out Brad, but. Yeah. But yeah, love love that song a lot. That one, I think, is like a song that I've seen actively grow on other people. Like, I liked it, but I was kind of predispositioned to like it because I know both of those guys. Yeah. And, like, the more it gets airplay, the more I see people start digging into it and singing along. It took one, it took one listen. I just was late. I'm so, I'm so late to stuff. I'm just in the studio all the time. I don't, I'm not listening to stuff a lot. And I get it. Um, yeah. It took like halfway through the song and I was like, oh, this is. Like I had to Shazam it because I was like, what is this? I need more of this injected in my life, you know, <laughs> right into my ear holes. Um, I'm going to go with Seth Ennis, the book. Uh, new one he dropped the other day. So I was uh, I was listening to that. Someone was like, you haven't heard this? I'm like, no, but I think Seth Ennis is crazy talented. Um, also, big shout out to several of our friends, including uh, Ryan Hurd and I believe Chase McGill 
for Waves being a two-week number one for those guys. Cheers, fellas. Um, do we want to go to sports first? I think we should. Let's go to sports. Sports! All right. There's a lot to unpack. <laughs> oh, my God. We have football. Uh, we are T-minus, what, four days? Thurs- oh. Thursday is, is the season kickoff? Well... Okay, let's for, start. for NFL. I'm sorry, I, college is already back. Yeah, no, college is back. Um, let's let's start NFL. So, quick, quick gloss over of the main things that have happened. Um, J.K. Dobbins out for the season. Sucks. You hate to see that. Um, he was going to be such a huge part of that team this year. I mean, you know that that's got to be rough for them to try to get through, but. It it uh it is what it is. Sometimes that happens. Um, in the case of that, I also want to talk about the very first game of the season, which is Cowboys Bucks. And I now have a very large amount of concern, not because of Dak, but because of the offensive line. Because we're missing someone due to COVID on the offensive line, and I think this is going to be a thread that runs through the entire season. Um. It, it's just part of it. It's part of why you've seen tours get postponed. Um, it's part of why you've seen some shows here and there get postponed. And, uh, I mean, it, it's it's no joke. We've seen Zach Martin be out before. It doesn't go well. He's an all-pro Are you worried? I, I'm Are you worried, worried for Dak's health? during the first game no 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 No, like without having that block no i'm not i'm i'm still i i think dak has done his rehab i think dak is ready to go my my issue is without zach martin that's one side of your offensive line where you're gonna start someone that's not gonna be as good as zach martin yeah, so against you, a team that got to Patrick Mahomes because of problems with the offensive line in the Super Bowl. Yeah, one hundred percent. It uh, it, it's you know, I I think bit, football fans understand that the offensive line are really important, but it's so important. It it is the difference between Look, Ezekiel Elliott having no, room no, no. to run. No, 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 no. Look, Dallas specifically over the past couple years, every time we have a major piece out on our offensive line. We don't have the amount of depth that other teams have, but the guys we start are great. So when we miss one of them, we have games like we did about three years ago, I think, where the one guy that was like, uh, not not a, not a no name. I don't want to be rude. Um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, and I don't think he's ever been. So a no name. name. No, so a no name. No, he has a name. <laughs> he's in the freaking NFL, and he he sacked. Our quarterback like four times in one game he goes i've only got one move <laughs> he said that in the interview and post game and it was because we were missing part of our offensive line yeah hey, I, I understand the troubles go ahead i understand the troubles of the offensive line i am a bears fan no so. no, no. you <laughs> don't have an offensive line that's your problem I know, that's the problem we, we do um but you, if we're you missing a guy you mentioned how important zach barton is by the way cy and this is since Dak's rookie season when Martin hasn't played or he's been off the field, the Cowboys are literally a yard worse per play. Like he is the most important piece to that offensive line. See what I'm saying? 
anyway, I I don't think this is an isolated incident. I think this is going to continue to happen throughout the season. And the whole uh, what now, Haley? I said throughout the whole league, it's going to happen to everybody. Yeah, I didn't mean just the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Only Dallas is only be Dallas affected. will have this issue. Um, this will also affect our uh, fantasy football league, which you, we are doing again. Um, got a lot of people joining us this year, a lot of friends of the pod and should be a whole lot of fun. So we'll update you guys with that after the draft. We might even do some, uh, Instagram live of the draft coverage. Uh Oh, we might do that tomorrow. We'll see on Tuesday, on Tuesday, a little, a little quad pod on a Tuesday. It'll, it'll feel like Monday to you guys. Yeah. It'll feel like Monday. Um, so, so what are you thinking? It's going to be a route on Thursday night, CY, because of Martin? Or uh, are you confident at all in the opener? Well, okay, confident would be if we had our entire offensive line. Then I would be confident. Also, this game is a – this is a little bit of a no-lose situation for Dallas, in my opinion. No one expects us to win that game. We haven't really had a tune-up with all of our starters on the field. If we lose, everybody's going to be like, ah, they lost to the Super Bowl champions. Whatever. It's true. So It's not going to change the narrative that much. No. It'll if, go Super Bowl champions. If we win yeah. or we keep it close, it's a good sign. Looks great. Now, if we get blown out, which now not having our, you just said, you just used the stat, stat king. Um, I'm not even going to call you stat boy. You should be stat king. Heavy is the uh, person that wears the crown. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Unofficial crown. The I screwed that quote up really bad. You did. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I just think that that's going to be a tough ask without your, your starting offensive line, which is one of our strengths. Um, and we're going to make – anybody want to make a prediction for the NFL season? Anybody got like a hot take? Yeah, I think we should – I got kinda, three. Yeah, I think we should do a little round robin. Each of us kind of do – I, I I know I said prepare for three. I think everybody should do one. Oh, oh I, got I got three good ones. I got three good ones, too. I, I want one good one. Uh, do you have three, Bear? Okay, we'll do three from everybody. Yes. Let's go. Who wants to start? Ryan, you want to start? Let's go. All right, I'll start. Here's my trio of bold predictions on the quad with Chris Young. At number one, the Browns missed the playoffs this year. I hope Ooh, that that goes directly against one of mine. Who who do you have winning? So you have the Steelers winning that division. I have the Ravens winning that division, and the Steelers coming and say, I think there's going to be three ten ten win teams in that division, and I think the Browns are the ones on the outside looking in. Who on the I Ravens bet, do you? What? what? I think the Ravens. Are, I think the Ravens are going to be better this year. I think Lamar Jackson took a step back last year. I think they're going to be better this year. I know the I know missing Dobbins hurts that team significantly. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's why they're bold much. predictions. That's why they're bold predictions, okay. guys. And number Go two, right. Packers win the Super Bowl this year. Aaron Rodgers on his revenge tour. If they can get through a brutal five game stretch middle of the year, which includes a date with the Chiefs and four teams in the NFC that can make the playoffs, I think the Packers get over the hump this year. And my last bold prediction: the 49ers go from worst to first in the division 13 of the last 15 years has been at least one NFL team that's gone from worst to first. I think the 49ers make their bounce back this year. I think they're a sneaky team to possibly be a shot at the Super Bowl this year. 
so your your argument is that Green Bay will be in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs and they will defeat them. And that I didn't say the Chiefs, Chiefs were going to the yeah, Super Bowl. You just I? said something about the Chiefs and they're in the AFC, not the NFC. I said, I said the 49ers will go from worst to first. The no, Packers no, 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 will no. play the Chiefs during the regular season. Okay. That's going to be one of their tougher games during the regular season. I, so who do you have out of the AFC? Green Bay playing in the Super Bowl? Buffalo. Wow. Whoa. Disrespectful. Disrespectful. A great amount of disrespect. All right. I'm going to go next since I, I can. Um, I think the Cowboys won their division. I know it's a homer take. I don't care. I, I don't think Fitzmagic has enough left to lift that team. I think everybody acts like he's the missing piece because the defense is so good, and the defense is great. They've got a great defense, but I, I, don't, I don't think he does it for that team to get him over the hump. And I think Dak comes back with something to prove. So I, I think they win that division. I think the Browns win their division. I think the uh, unofficial, or maybe, is it is it official? Home of the Browns fans, the doghouse in Nashville. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, will be rocking this year. I, I think they end up winning that division. <clears throat> and, while I'm not knocking off your uh, possibility that Green Bay might make it to the Super Bowl, I think they play the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think, once again, Patrick Mahomes is a Super Bowl champion. I got to come up with something to yell when we talk about this. I haven't workshopped this yet, but I will do something. So it's not Team of Destiny. It's not Run It Back. We got to figure out what yeah. year three is for you. So. Yeah. I mean, hey, look, make make no mistake. I will be rooting for the Cowboys to win it all. No doubt. You asked for predictions. I'm giving you predictions. I'm, um, look, I'm looking it, forward to There's a week. It, Cowboys play Chiefs this year during the regular season. Ooh. Let me, just, let me just float that out there. I don't, I don't uh, November, I think. Out. I'm going to look this up. Go ahead. What are your predictions? <clears throat> My predictions for this NFL season. The Chicago Bears will be screaming for Justin Fields to get on the field. And after three <laughs> games of him getting destroyed, Whoa. we'll be screaming to get him off the field until they get a new offensive line. Whoa. That is prediction number one. Dang. Coming in hot at me. All right. Prediction number two, after Jalen Hurts gets hurt, Gardner Minshew will lead the Philadelphia Eagles to a wild card spot in the NFC. Gardner Minshew. Just wait for it. Hurts, don't it? And finally, your Miami <laughs> Dolphins will not only take a step back but will be third in their division behind the Bills and the Patriots. Wow. Those A are look my... of defeat on Ryan's face right now. Get dunked on, Ryan. I feel like you are personally coming out and attacking us with these predictions. So, Bear, let's team up. Let's go. Let's go, Bear. Team up. Go get Josh. Take the Chiefs down. <laughs> Not making the playoffs. Let's go. Not making the playoffs? <laughs> Actually, he isn't going to like my prediction for the Super Bowl. But before I get to that, I, am, I made my own Bears prediction as well. Uh, I think by the end of the season, Andy Dalton will be the third string quarterback. That is my prediction. I think it's going to go Justin Fields to Nick Foles to Andy Dalton. I think it's going to change whoa, up that whoa, much. Whoa, whoa. Say, hang on. 
Oh, I think by the depth chart order, it'll be Justin Fields, Nick Foles, Andy Dalton. Yeah, I think by the end of the season, that's what it'll be. I actually agree with that. (laughs) I'm not against it. (laughs) And I made a prediction for your Cowboys. I think they're going to win their division, but lose the first round of the playoffs. Boo. Boo. <laughs> I don't like that. But I like if they win the division. That works out really well for our bet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I think they're gonna start out really rough at the season, but towards the end pick up momentum and then get to the first round and lose again. That's my prediction for your Cowboys. And my last prediction, Josh probably won't like because my Super Bowl prediction is I think Matthew Stafford is being so hyped that he is going to blow it. Not blow it, but blow through the season. And absolutely make it to the Super Bowl against Buffalo, but lose to Buffalo, and Buffalo is going to win. Do you think the Rams with Matthew Stafford are going to make the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think they are. They have so much hype behind him, and I think it gives them enough confidence that Oof. they're going to do it. I, Who's I do. their running back? It, it, uh, shit. Yeah, oh. <laughs> it's Cam Akers, and he tore. He's out for the season. <laughs> I know, but okay. So I'm on my like, phone no, no. and I can't really like keep, I tried to write my notes down I, and it's see not, that. if you hear the paper rustling around, that's definitely bare. <laughs> I mean, there's not that far, there's not that far off because the Rams do have the fourth best odds to uh, win the Super I Bowl mean, this year. All right. I, I will say as a, a testament to what she just said, they are going to be better with Stafford. Um, I I wish I had known they were going to get Matthew Stafford before we had made our, yeah, it, our little wager. Um, Cause we definitely bet on the Cardinals in that division, but that that's the one I'm worried about. However, who knows? I mean, that, that division is always tough. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have a lot of hope, but that's my predictions. My I, bold predictions of the quad from the quad. So um, the Cowboys and the chiefs play on the 21st of november yeah it's near thanksgiving at kc it's really beautiful that time of year i yeah but it's fantastic nice and cold uh-huh field yeah. trip go get yeah. some barbecue I, i'm just saying i mean well can we can we do the bears packers game in october too i mean well here all right here's the issue um, I don't know if you know what I do for a living, but I've got a <laughs> tour. A you lot. said you had off that weekend. I, do, I, I might have something on either side of it. We'll need to look. Um, but yeah, I want to try to go to as many of these as we can. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, that's a lot of bills hype. Why are, why are we, uh, why are we crowning the bills when they haven't done anything? They were really strong last year. They came close. I think that they have what it takes. So. Ow. The Saints got close last year. We're not doing anything for them. Well, mm, they also don't have Breeze anymore. All right. Um, Major League Baseball. Shohei Otani, first Angels player with 40 home runs, 20 stolen bases ever. 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 Um, also, he's hit 43 home runs. He has a chance to break the team record for home runs in a season. It's insane. The dude's insane. How how is this I, not the biggest story I, in I don't sports? Know. I don't know. I'm honestly, un- unless you were alive a hundred years ago, like you've never seen this before. Well, okay. Speaking of a hundred years ago, moving on to college football, the Montana Grizz beat Washington 
for the first time since 1920. It's 101 years. I, I got to give the shout out. Um, my manager, uh, Rob Beckham, <laughs> is, is went to school there. So he was, uh, he was freaking out. He's like, you got to talk about this Monday. <laughs> my favorite thing is when teams are paid to play those games and then they pull off the upset. So Montana was paid 675K to beat Washington. It's so great. It's amazing. That was like that App State Michigan game from years ago. Gosh, that was that was brutal. Um, Georgia upsets Clemson ten to three. Uh, big defensive battle. Um, a lot of people are saying that Georgia has the scariest front four in all of college football. Interesting. I don't like to hear that being a Gator fan. But. Well, you're also not going to like to hear that it's very top heavy in the SEC this year. Hey, As, the Gators won, so um, I can't I can't be mad. Yes, they did. But did you get a chance to watch the Vandy game? Oof. I didn't get a chance to watch any sports this week. Let's be honest. Um, Vanderbilt lost to East Tennessee State twenty three to three. Are we surprised? Uh, yes. Vanderbilt? They're not that great. They're better and than they are a lot better than East Tennessee State. Can we relegate Vandy to like Conference USA and then like pull UCF up to the SEC? I think that's good. You know what? It's funny that you bring that up since you insisted upon talking about the UCF might be going where, Ryan? <laughs> hey, Texas and UCF might be conference members for a year, no. like a few years from now. So, uh, no. Big 12, baby. This is the week UCF gets an invite, finally eating at the big boys' table in the Power Five. L F G N F S W N S F W. A lot of lot of letters there. A lot of letters. You just confused the hell out of people listening to this. Anyway, uh, you confused me. Uh, Ohio State beats Minnesota, but it was a lot closer than you'd like at the end. If you're an Ohio State fan, I had some people sweating it. Yeah. Did y'all actually watch that game? No. I was with my dad yes. hanging out, so I was watching it. Again, I didn't get to watch any sports game this Thursday will be my first football game I've been able to watch since it started again well that's all right we we got you um hey Bear, it was not a good weekend for the ACC just so you know because Clemson Miami Duke they all lost pretty badly hey you know what that means most teams don't win the championship when they lose their first game um actually there's been a couple instances in the past decade of people winning the championship after losing their first game. Yeah. Not many though. Statistically. I mean, <laughs> it, well, I mean, statistically, if one out of 10 years, somebody loses their first game and then still makes it to the finals and wins in college football, that's pretty damn good. I feel like Ryan's <laughs> looking it up right now. <laughs> yeah. Please go ahead. Stat King. Show us the way. I'm on it. I'm um, on it. So I know one of them was Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bama just, good Lord, they stomped Miami. That was ugly. <laughs> Miami hasn't been that good for a while. Well, actually, they're ranked. <laughs> they're, How? The they haven't back. been good. <laughs> I feel like Haley, we've come to Haley's soft spot in sports. If it's college football, anything outside of Florida, she doesn't know. She's like, they haven't been good since. No, but because I mean, my friend is hell, a Miami fan, and they're just depressed Florida. all the time. But 
think you're operating okay. with like 2017 hardware right yeah, now. Yeah, I you might want to update. Go ahead and take a look at those standings, Bear. When you oh, get what? I, I might have to fight you here, CY, on your claim of teams losing the first game and winning the championship because the last team to gain at least a share of a national championship despite losing its opener was Miami in 1983. It's only happened four times in wire service poll history since 1936. And no team has played in a BCS title game or made the college football playoff after losing its opener since the former did it in 1998. I'm going to look this up. See, I I was right. No, I don't think you're right. Mm. This may be a case of me being wrong, but I'm going to look it up myself first. (laughs) Um, Oklahoma survives Tulane. Holy crap. They did not look good in that game. At all. Rattler we, uh, looked rattler look rattled we, to pull a Ryan. I like <laughs> nice. that. Uh, can we give a quick shout out, though, to New Orleans, the city? Uh, it was actually really classy what Oklahoma did, painting Tulane's like, logo on the field, donating yeah. tickets, uh, ticket sales to help the city of New Orleans. That was really classy. And Tulane played their asses off. That was a really fun game to watch. Yes, it it was very classy actually i'll also say um when you look at what happened the other day with lsu um when they came off the field and interviewed the coaches the very first thing that got said by chip kelly he's the head coach of ucla now yeah chip yes. Kelly. um really really classy he goes hey you know yeah we won the game i'm really proud of my guys but there's a lot of bigger things going on in the state of louisiana and uh you know, obviously that that plays into today's game, and um, just you know, our thoughts are definitely with all the people that are dealing with that because that's bigger than a football game. And I thought that was very, very cool, very class. Things we love to see. Yeah, it. <clears throat> uh, Texas defeats Louisiana Lafayette, which Bear just so you know, uh, Louisiana Lafayette was ranked within the top twenty-five since you aren't paying attention. And uh, a lot of people were calling for Louisiana to actually beat Texas, and we beat them by 20 points, 38 to 18. How does that feel? Where are you at as a Texas fan? It feels great. It feels great. The beginning of Sark. Oh, come on. You're celebrating a win over Louisiana. Ranked Louisiana Lafayette. ranked team. Uh, Who did y'all beat this week? UCF? Boise Boise State, by the way. Unranked. Two best group of five teams, but, you know. Unranked. And uh, how did the end of that game go? Now they rallied from 21 down to win. Largest comeback uh, victory in school history. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, by the way, you want to talk about Mackenzie Milton? Go ahead. I'll give you the floor. Yeah, I want to do that for a quick second. So uh, for anybody that got a chance to watch late last night, uh, the ABC game, Florida State, Notre Dame, really cool moment for Mackenzie Milton. If you're not familiar with this story, 1,017 days ago, uh, he suffered a catastrophic right leg injury when he was playing for UCF artery and nerve damage in his right leg, dislocated knee, torn ligaments. Um, They were supposed to amputate his leg. He was likely never to ever walk normally again, let alone play in a football game. He comes back last night. He goes four for four on his opening drive. Engineers back-to-back touchdown drives. It was the talk of college football. I don't care if he doesn't play another down uh, ever again in football. He did it. He came back and he did what even his doctor said were impossible. And so it's, it's, it's quite remarkable, and I'm really rooting for KZ. It was a really cool moment last night. Um, I will also uh, say that I, I feel like that is a very 
not to compare two things. Very Alex Smith moment. Um, very cool to see him back on the field. Uh, obviously, they did not pull out the win, but I, I think having him on that team and having him back on the field and actually seeing him be really, really effective is a very cool thing. Well, and Ryan, you said it on uh, Twitter. You you reposted it's like McKenzie unified Florida in one night. All the Florida sports teams were all on the same page for a couple hours. There were Florida Gator, former Gators rooting for Florida State. Like that, that doesn't, doesn't happen. happen. Yeah, it doesn't happen. That never happens. Cool. And I can tell you that for a fact. But <laughs> it's pretty cool. But yeah, see why. Definitely was like an Alex Smith moment. Correct. Yeah. Does, All right. does college least, football have a comeback player award? Because they should name it after him. Yeah, they should, if if they have one, for sure. Um, finally, speaking of that game, um, that was very back and forth. The beginning of that game, then there was a middle section where it looked like Notre Dame was just going to completely pull away, brought Florida State back, and then uh, they lost an OT. So... Um, I don't feel like that's a, a bad loss. I don't believe Florida State was ranked. No, they weren't. And Notre Dame survived in that game. Right. But it, it, it leads me to look like you look at what happened in the top 25. A lot of ranked teams lost this weekend. Who's the best team in college football? Alabama. You two no said doubt. that like without hesitation, but I think Georgia yes. would have something to say no. about that. No, no. no. I'm sick of Alabama. Well, you, you can be sick of them, but they don't. <laughs> I hate this phrase, but I'm going to use it anyway. <laughs> they <laughs> they don't. What is it? I, now? I can't remember it. I'm laughing too hard. They they don't they don't re what they reload. What is it? They don't rebuild. They reload. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I would I would love to see someone else win the championship, but at the same time, isn't that a bit like the conversation that we've had when it's like, oh, someone else than LeBron James should win MVP. I'm tired of him winning it when he deserves it. Mm. Ooh, that's tough. saying a lot, a too. Tough. Just saying. Oh, that's a little tough. Um, by the way, I, I did look this up. Ryan... You are correct. It is not losing the first game of the season. However, Ohio State and Alabama, both in the BCS era, have lost one game, a game, yeah. and then gone on to win the BCS, but not the first game of the season. Although, in so this I, case, we were both kind of right. We were both no, no, no. I was wrong. But in the case of this one specifically, I think the point that the anchors were making, which is what led me to this, is that those teams are ranked three and five. I don't think that spells the end of Clemson season. I also I really want to say I was right to begin with because I'm the one who said it first. <laughs> yep, Bear's right. Bear, Bear, I was Bear, right. Bear does claim victory here, and I'm, I'm I'm okay giving her that. Which, by the way, Clemson and Georgia both have pretty easy paths moving forward. Like Georgia's toughest game is Florida, and Clemson's is Miami. Well, like Georgia's toughest game is going to be Alabama. Yeah, if the and the SEC championship, yeah. <laughs> but we agree if they go undefeated and then they lose to Alabama, they make the playoff, right? Yes. Yes. The answer is yes, Ryan. But no, here, wait, but 
But, and here's the scenario I'll give you. If Clemson goes undefeated the rest of the way, wins their conference, they're in. What about Oklahoma? If they go undefeated the rest of the way, they're in. Then you have a fourth spot. What if Texas A&M's undefeated? Well, where did Texas A&M come from? Like the, all they're the three sixth of best those, team in the country right now. Yeah, but they're also or in Ohio the SEC. State. If Ohio State's undefeated. Time out, time out. They're also in the SEC. Georgia, Alabama, and A&M all can't be... Undefeated, correct. Undefeated. So I'll swap AM with Ohio State. Hey, remember how I admitted that I was wrong earlier? You might want to yeah. uh, take a page out of that book. Uh, I tried to backpedal hard there. Um, it'll be interesting. We'll see. All right. Um, let's go to movies. Movies. Josh, this was your pick. Untold. No, this was Ryan's pick. Oh, this was Ryan. Oh, you had talked to me about this, though. Yeah, we had talked okay. about it. Um, untold Malice at the Palace on Netflix. Uh, very, very cool. I, if you did not remember this story or this story is before you were alive or you weren't super into the, the NBA, you probably only got a cursory glance at this. So it was really cool to get a deep dive on all of the little side stories that happened during this. Um, I, I thought this was really well done. I love the way it was presented. It it was very, very cool. I enjoyed watching it. What'd you think? I did not watch it. <clears throat> <clears throat> I got rid of Netflix like a year ago. Josh. So anything that's on Netflix, I haven't been able to watch. But I have listened to multiple podcasts about this uh, with interviews with like Jermaine O'Neal and some of the people that were involved into it. And um it's a it's a fascinating. I'm I'm curious your guys' take on it because there's there's the stories I know from the podcast, but I want to kind of see what was highlighted in the movie. Bear, did you watch this? I did actually watch this yeah. as I was laying on the couch last night with my aunt. I looked at her and I was like, because you know she used to dance for NBA back during that time or stopped right before this and i was like do you know what happened in 2004 because i'm supposed to watch this thing with these players and she goes uh oh, not that i crawl and then i hit the netflix thing and she goes oh i know him because he played for the bulls when she danced for them and she goes he was always the bad guy and i was like huh so we ended up watching it and i was like this is actually really good and i had no idea this happened i was only 13 at the time and not really into the nba but i i was like at the end of it i was like oh that was actually really good i had really cool to see the story and understand and hearing him talk as an adult, comparing himself to how he was back as the player was really good. So see, I, I really, really felt watching like the news coverage clips of this, that it was a Simpsons. Someone please think of the children moment, right? Like dumping all over the NBA players and no one cared that like, Fans were running onto the court, squaring up off with mm -hmm. with players and throwing stuff at them. And somebody threw a chair. Yep. And like John it, Green was that his name? Yeah. We'll we'll get we'll get to it. We're not going to get too far him. into it yet. But uh, Ryan, what did you think of this? I want to set it up first for those that that aren't familiar with what the malice of the palace was. It was one of the worst worst fan brawls. I, ever in sports. Now you can go back and talk about the Bruins that did this was in the national hockey league uh, in the seventies, I believe that had a brawl where it spilled into the stands, but this became such a cultural 
a cultural iconic moment, not just for the sport, but for fans, the interactions between fans and players. And I thought this documentary did a really good job of telling their side of the story. Jermaine O'Neal, Steven Jackson, Ron Artest was a fantastic interview in this piece. And we don't get to hear from Ron Artest unfiltered like that or meta world peace, whatever you want to call him uh, very often. I will say the, the news clips you're referring to CY it's jarring. Can you imagine in today's day and age going on television, calling NBA players, a pair of thugs, it can't nope. happen today. Nope. And so that to me, watching that, the juxtaposition from that to now it so so many were quick to rush to judgment on these players without seriously taking a look at the fans, you know, interaction and involvement in this, how much the instigation was there. Ron Artest was doing in this, as this documentary shows you what his therapist told him to do, take five seconds and count. And then everything spilled over. And I think there's a couple I mean, other things okay. involved here too. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. So, um, Hit the spoiler button. Time for some spoilers. You had two weeks to watch this. If you didn't already watch it, we're going to dig into it. I, I will say, we, we can all agree. First of all, I did not realize that Jermaine O'Neal was the youngest player to start an NBA game at the time that he did his first start. Yep. Had no idea when he was with the Blazers before he was traded to the Pacers. Um, I thought... Reggie and everybody talking about how uh, we that game we lost to the Pistons the year before game six. If we beat them, we win we win the championship. I'm like, you lost in game six. Like it wasn't like you lost in game seven yeah. on on that bad Artest foul. Right. It come on, man. Y- y'all are reaching a little. Um but that being said, Jermaine O'Neal, Steven Jackson and Metal World Peace, Ron Artest, um, those three guys all admitted they had anger and attitude problems. Yeah, no question. I mean, at putting them together on that team, you kind of had a powder keg ready to go, and, and it just happened to be the moment that lit the match was the guy that, Haley, you were referencing, John Green throwing the, the beer onto uh, a player. Yeah, and he had no remorse. They, he, his interviews that they showed, he was like, yeah, I wish I would have done it sooner or tripped him on his way up because he had no remorse for the guy that he actually went after, and it wasn't him. It was, I, I wanted to throw a beer at his face. No offense. I thought the two people that looked the worst in this entire documentary were John Green and uh, is it Haddad or Haddad? I don't know. Um, the guy that the actually, guy that got ran on the, the court and got the, punched the in the face. Two, yeah. No. All right. So here's the here's the interesting thing. The guy that got punched in the face was Shackelford by by Ron Artest. Haddad got punched by um Stephen Jackson when he slipped. Yeah. But that was the guy that was giving the interview. It was like, oh man, it was like a sucker punch. It was kind of a it was a kind of a b- move. Really. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what he said. Yeah. Um, bleep me out there, Josh. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> um, but it it was really wild because actually uh, reading off like this quick article, he was the one that, that there's an article from 2006, and I can't bring the link up, so I don't know where this article is from. I apologize. Um, 
This said concerning a lawsuit that Haddad filed against O'Neill in which he claimed the punch caused him to suffer migraine headaches, memory loss, trouble sleeping, inability to socialize, and aversion to bright lights and loud noises. However, a judge threw the lawsuit out after discovering that he had traveled to Vegas the day after the malice at the palace and continued to take regular trips there. Wow. That guy not only made himself look worse in this documentary, so did John Green in those interviews that he did. I, I can't remember who the, the outlet was, but he just was like, yeah, I, I threw it. And then he was like, what do you, what do you say to, to accounts that say you were the one that threw the beer? No, Oblay. What the hell? I know. Dude, come on. Like what? Jesus Christ. What I thought was really interesting in one of the podcasts was Jermaine O'Neal going, Yeah, I mean, things got out of control, but where was the police? Where was the security? Because they just let this go on. All right. So they they say in the documentary there was only three police officers in the entire palace. Yeah. And does anyone believe that the cop ran up and didn't recognize Reggie Miller? Come on. There's no way. Come on. Right. It's Reggie freaking Miller. I don't care. If there were a few sooner. other, there were a few other things involved too that I, I felt was was interesting and wasn't really a part of the story, but should have been. One, for example, Ben Wallace, his when, brother why he died. Was so upset, yeah. His brother died ten days earlier, right? Ten days earlier, and it was known going into that game, don't mess with Ben. Like like he's a loose cannon. That was one, and then number two. Steven Jackson's brother was murdered when he was younger. He had regrets of not being there to defend him. So one of the other thing, other parts of this was when Ron went into the stands, Steven Jackson saw that as like, I got to defend my brother, right? Because I, I didn't have that opportunity and living with that guilt from back in the day. There's a lot of that that goes into it. And again, I just think the, the chastisement of the players just wasn't fair. The fans should have been held more accountable here. And David Stern, he did what he had to do. He wasn't there to defend himself in this documentary, by the way, but he did what he had to do to try to set the precedent for a league that obviously, you know, didn't want to see it take a huge financial hit over this. Because that therein lies the rub, right? He, in that case, because it was an on-court activity, by the league bylaws at the time meant that there did not need to be an arbiter of the situation that he could be judge jury and executioner and the last thing that he wanted to do was pin anything on the fans because they didn't want to lose any fan support for the nba they were still trying to grow it and i mean it was precarious at that time a lot of people don't realize how important it was for the nba to continue to grow at that moment and that was his sole goal was to get that done. And so he lowered the boom on the players and did nothing about the fans. And, um, you know, until it went to court, really none of the fans got anything. But then once it went to court, I mean, e- even when Ron Artest punched uh, Shackelford, the prosecutor was like, yeah, he ran up with, a clenched fist onto the court towards him. <laughs> he was well within his rights to protect himself at that point. 100%. That John Green guy got charged though, right? He was, was the only I one that I got saw. charged with battery, assault and battery. Two, two counts. Yes. 
Yeah, it's it's an interesting time in the NBA right around then. So this is this is post Kobe and Shaq Lakers. This is when the Spurs are ripping off like three championships right around that that time. It's like ninety nine to uh, 03. The Detroit Pistons win in in oh four and oh five. Like it's just a weird time in the league. And after this, they change security protocols for fans and for players. They institute a dress code moving forward because this was a time when Allen Iverson and cornrows were like the big part of the NBA and everyone was wearing a lot of like baggy clothes and hip hop fashion. And it had to change to then a dress code moving forward because Stern wanted the product to be something he could sell to every demographic in the world. It was a really, it's just, it's a fascinating time to unpack and it really shaped that moment shaped so much moving forward you fast forward to the suns in like 09 the steve nash suns when there is a fight and a couple guys get off the bench to try to like pick up steve nash and they get ejected and suspended the next game for getting off the bench that is a direct result of this fight back in 04 do we do we think they win that year the suns no I mean, specifically due to this. Do the Pacers Pacers win win without that fight? I don't think so. They were good. They were good. They were good. Obviously, I didn't pay attention back then to know. I mean, the Pistons won that championship over the Lakers in 2004. So I, I think the Pacers would have had a legitimate shot to beat L.A., because and they said it in the documentary, like they knew whoever came out, those two teams, whoever made it out of the East was going to win the championship. They knew that they were the two better teams. While LA had the name recognition and the superstars, they knew that they were the two better teams. I think I think there's legitimate a legitimate uh, take to be had there that the Pacers would have won the championship had not had this sprawl never happened. It's an interesting sliding doors moment for sure. All right. Well, um, fantastic documentary. Movie for next week. You want to do uh, Legend of the Ten Rings? Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. Are you down? Heck yeah. I am so down. We have to do that movie. So the movie for next week is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. It is in theaters right now. And uh, I wanted to watch it this weekend. I held off. I watched this Netflix documentary instead. Um, But that'll be for next week. All right, let's go to the hot take. Hot take! We didn't actually talk about who's quarterbacking this one. Is it me? I I mean, I'll gladly do it. I'm happy. I'm happy to do it. If you want to do it, that's cool. I'm Um, good. Then you quarterback it, but I'm going to intro it. Okay. All right, guys. The other day on SportsCenter, there was a graphic on Instagram, on their Instagram, who has the better sports movies, Adam Sandler or Will Ferrell? Go ahead, Josh. The floor is yours. Well, I have a lot of data to dig into for this. Did some research, did some things, but I'm going to tell you right now, the answer to that question is Will Ferrell. Get the hell out of here. What? Will Ferrell. Get out of here. What? And I'm going to tell you why. So first off, Will Ferrell, as Ricky Bobby, has won enough majors to afford that house, that lifestyle, all of that money. 
In semi-pro, he won the ABA championship right before the ABA-NBA merger. And in Blades of Glory, he's a multiple gold-winning figure skater. He is also a two-time ESPY winner for sports movies. We're going to come back to that in a second. Adam Sandler in The Waterboy, he wins the Bourbon Bowl, which I think is just a mid-level bowl game. That's it. Oh my God. In the longest <laughs> yard, in the longest yard, I'm talking, in the longest yard, the, while he was a pro, he really only just beats the guards. And in Happy Gilmore, his whole point is to just win $270,000. Also, no ESPY awards. And for these reasons alone, Will Ferrell has had the better career. All right. I'm going to go right at you. You cannot tell me. We didn't say who's won the most ESPY awards for their movie. (laughs) We didn't say who's the most popular. We said who has the better sports movies. Now, if you want to talk about that, we should really dive into the fact that the four they list on this graphic for Will Ferrell are semi-pro, Talladega Nights, Blades of Glory, and the one you conveniently left out, Kicking and Screaming. I also left out one that is not a sports movie at all for Adam Sandler right. on the other one. Well, but it is. But it's not. He's not doing anything. I, okay. Is Kicking and Screaming him doing anything? He's coaching. and Is really? Yeah. Is he? He's coaching. Okay, well, in Uncut Gems, he's gambling. It's why I cut both of them from the list. I didn't didn't talk about either of those. Okay, well, let's be convenient for you and leave both of those out, since Uncut Gems is a fantastic movie, and Kicking and Screaming is awful. Awful movie. Tell me you like it. No, I don't like it. I don't like that movie. I don't like that movie. It might be my least favorite Will Ferrell movie ever. It might be my least favorite movie ever. It's It's pretty far down there. All right. In Happy Gilmore, he's sponsored by Subway. Do you know who else is sponsored by Subway right now? Tom Brady, Serena Williams, Steph Curry. (laughs) I just want to draw a little parallel since you're going, who has the most ESPYs, Josh? You can laugh all you want, but you started this and you opened the door. I was going to go at it from a thing of comedy, and you just left the door wide open for me to kick it down. You really think Happy Gilmore stopped winning tournaments after he won that one? Yes. No, I don't. Yes, he walked away. I don't think so. He walked away. I don't think so. By the way, the longest yard, he only beat the guards. Yeah, but he was like a famous, hugely highly paid quarterback. Felon. (laughs) Okay, we act like that's the only time an athlete's been arrested. No. I mean, penitentiary. (laughs) I mean, that might be aggressive. But (laughs) come on, like super successful. Also, it's, it's not who was the better player represented in their movies it's who has the better sports movies give me happy gilmore over blades of glory talladega nights or semi-pro i'm sorry that's one movie adam sandler hands down to 100% Adam Sandler. Are you kidding me? And exactly like Chris said, it's the whole movie. It's not what was represented in the movie as a player or if they won or if they lost. It doesn't matter. It's if the movie was good. And by far, Adam Sandler has the way better movies than Will Ferrell. I can't even tell you I've rewatched any of those Will Ferrell movies. I've rewatched a lot of Adam Sandler movies. I love The Water Boy. Are you kidding me? I hate The Water Boy. I, I love the water boy. Get out of here. Get out of here. I hate that movie. Water sucks. It really, really sucks. It is. No, awful. it does not. 
It does oh, not water sucks. Get out. But I am 100% with Chris and 0% with Josh. Two-time SB winner for his movies, Will Ferrell. That's all I'm saying. The sports community agrees Will Ferrell has the better movies. No. No. SB. Big fan. Big fan of uh, Vicky Valancourt, by the way. Um, Happy Gilmore, Waterboy, Uncut Gems, Longest Yard. If we're going to look at both of these actors, the best movie out of all of these is Talladega Nights. The best one, the best sports movie of all of these eight is Talladega Nights. Are you serious? If you're not first, you're last. Stop. It's the most quotable. That doesn't mean it's the best it's, movie. It's, it's the best sports movie of all of these eight that we're looking at if you're taking it from a standpoint of Sandler versus no. Farrell. However, however, if we're taking the sum of the parts here and not just one single movie, Adam Sandler has been more successful in terms of better sports movies with Happy Gilmore. And The Waterboy, to me, is one of the most iconic football movies out there, period. I'd put that and probably remember The Titans right there as my two favorite football movies of all time. You just I'm going with Adam, really bad. I'm going with Adam Sandler. No, I said, no. He was quoting. I quoted the movie. Oh, okay. Water sucks. <laughs> it really, really sucks. Adam Sandler, Will Ferrell. I'm going Adam Sandler for the better sports movies overall. Will Ferrell does have the best of the eight, though. Two-time SB winning Will Ferrell. <laughs> Is that all you got, Josh? That's literally all he SB? has. He's just trying to lean on the fact that an award that... A sports is, award by sports yeah, people okay. said that he has won okay, twice. So basically your argument is not who has the best sports movie, but who was the most popular at one time to get enough cred to win an SP? No, it's basically the MVP award. His peers no, and dude, the people that, that, not. that are in, that are in sports. Where did you that no. is the dumbest take I've ever heard you make, and I love you to death, but holy crap, that's a bad take. I, I, I do like, uh, from our friends here at Barstool Sports, they have probably a, a great headline to just sum up all of this. An Adam Sandler versus Will Ferrell debate has broken out, and it may be the thing that finally breaks us as a society. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to break me. I'm going to come at you like a spider monkey. Yeah, oh, get out. It's, again, it's quotable. I'm not arguing it. I'm not saying I don't like Will Ferrell. You asked me to pick, and I picked, and I think I'm right. That's okay. We'll leave it to the people. We are going to leave it to the we people. All, we always leave the, it to the people. The people are definitely going to go Adam Sandler. Are they? Yes. Are they? I think so. Yeah. Your Lordship, baby Jesus. We're not asking, <laughs> is old school one of the best movies of all time? That's not it. Or Anchorman. <laughs> I just think better it's better the peers agree no no i guess we'll find out though wait do we have a do we have a is there an article that lists their movies or anything ryan we are you coming up with any of that i'm not bringing any friends into this conversation now this is an all-out brawl between us okay <laughs> it's, three on it's an all-out brawl between us it's three on one and i'm i'm prepared mm. to win wait what do you mean it's three on one ryan agreed with you Ryan agreed that no, it was the best no, movie. He, I went Sandler. He went Sandler. It's three on one. I'm sorry. I missed that entirely. 
What are you even doing that? Um, well, I'm actually doing something very important, which is adding up the gross worldwide box office of those three movies versus the other three movies. And Adam Sandler wins by 421 million to 351 million. First off, that's not a fair. That's that is a, no, fair. That's not that fair. is fair. That's a stat. No, because you're not using sports <laughs> movies. Fair. You're not using that sports movies. What? No. Yes, I was. I only used hey. those three movies. Boys, boys. That is. Not? I win. That is, I win. Stop it. <laughs> We're not there to break yeah, you you're guys trying up. to get to the end so. of this. I, let me let me actually explain this. So that's what I was doing is adding up Happy Gilmore, The Longest Yard, and Waterboy, which grossed $421 million worldwide versus Semi-Pro Talladega Nights and Blades of Glory, which grossed 351 Thank you, guys. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Hit it. Thank you, guys, for listening to The Quad with Chris Young. As always, I'm Chris. You got Josh, Haley, and Ryan. We love you guys. Happy Labor Day. And make sure you vote for Adam Sandler. And wrap. You didn't want me to get to that stat. No, you're. I knew you were digging, and I was you like, "You knew what I was we, doing." You're getting way too quiet. I know. I know how you your brain works. And by the way, for those of you that thought you heard a dog bark in that closing montage, you did. My bad. Finally. Hey, no, we went the whole podcast without a, a dog barking. Yeah, if we got the dog bark right at the end, that's quite all right. <laughs>